That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ted News Conference continues with our in-studio guest, Brown University President Christina Paxson. You were in with me last year. Boy, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. And I'm going to talk about the, the merger with the hospitals and what's going on with mm -hmm. affirmative action. But first, I said, how is the foodie at the Ratty? which is your main dining hall. It is. You're making changes over there? Tell we, me. We are making changes. So I think the food is fantastic, yeah. actually. Oh, you were just saying that. But, but no, no. well, <laughs> it is. It's true. And this summer, we're putting in a full kosher kitchen, halal options, okay. and expanded options for people with food allergies. And the idea is students who have religious restrictions right. or dietary restrictions, they all should be able to eat together. All right, so anybody can just go in and get the meal of your choice. That's right. Uh, the ratty is famous. It I, is. I, I know that. And you say the food is good? Very I good. I don't think I've had it, but I'll, I'll vouch for you on I'll that. I'll invite you. All right, let's get to the business of being uh, the Brown University president. You, you've got, you really have your hands on a lot of things in Rhode Island civics and, and hospital mergers. Let's begin with the hospital merger. Yeah. Uh, it failed. It did. You were a part of that lifespan care in New England. You need a medical hospital to train your doctors. Right. Uh, and I had uh, Dr. Wagner on, who is mm -hmm. the new uh, doctor running Care New England, Care New England, which is Kent, Women and Infants, and Butler. And he says we can go it alone. Let me just play his, play his uh, quick interview clip from last couple of weeks ago, and then I'm going to ask you to react. Do you think Care New England can go it alone, or do they need you as a partner? Play that. The board made a decision in the spring about a year ago after the uh, merger wasn't going to go through with Lifespan to remain uh, as an independent organization. And there are many organizations that are this size that do quite well. What do you think of that? You were part of the plan that said, no, you guys have to get together, Karen New England, Lifespan, and we want to partner with you. He says we can go it alone. Your take on that? Well, I, look, I, I think he's a terrific new CEO, mm -hmm. and I have a lot of faith that he can, he can make things work at Karen New England. Going it alone doesn't mean going without Brown. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we're affiliated with Care New England and with Lifespan, that they together make up an academic health system that we work with, I, I think that's really important for Care New England and for Lifespan. So and we're proud to be part of it. You're still going to be involved with Care New England. Absolutely. Yeah, I meant more generally, he's going to try to make a go of this as just Care New England. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't that long ago they insisted, no, we've got to get together, economy of scale, it's Rhode Island's a small place. I, I do not have insight into their finances, but again, I have a lot of faith in the CEO. Yeah, and you need a teaching hospital to Absolutely. send your doctors, correct? Do. It's, a, it's practical for you. We do. We, we need, so at Care New England, we train uh, medical students and residents in OBGYN, neonatology, psychiatry, mm. family medicine. We, ha we have to have those to have a great medical school and all the other specialties are trained in lifespan right. system. So the two have to be part of the picture. So he said, listen, any talk of a merger again, maybe five years out. He said, I can go it alone, we're gonna straighten this ship. Uh, do, you, do you take him at his, at his word? I think right now the reality is uh, the, the, the Federal Trade Commission has said that they can't merge. So we have to build a strong health system and a strong medical right. school 
without it, and we're working on that. Okay. All right, let's go to some other. Uh, we have a new mayor since you we were last in. Now, Mayor Smiley told me, he, uh, has he been up to see you already, I think? Yeah, I, I have met with I've met with Mayor Smiley, and I've known him for a long time. Right. Uh, well, he's your neighbor up there on the east side. <clears throat> go ahead and play this clip of Mayor Smiley on the radio with me talking about going to see you. Have you spoken to the folks up at Brown University? I have. The four private colleges in Providence, we've started negotiations for payments in lieu of taxes. This is a big deal for the city of Providence. Right now in Providence, 40% of the land is tax exempt. Now, the colleges aren't the only holders of those land. It includes the hospitals and government itself. But that means that 60% of the taxpayers are paying 100% of the bills. And we all know that these institutions have a real impact on our city, good and bad. Mm -hmm. And so these negotiations are about them paying their fair share. We've started that negotiation so that their payments to the city will increase over what they've paid in the past, but also working with the state so that as they add jobs, mm -hmm. we get a piece of the revenue that comes in from new employees. Oh, did, he, did he actually have his hand out when he came to see you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two? We, we, we have a good relationship, and I, ha and I have to say, you know, I agree with him that you know, we, we support Providence. Mm -hmm. We should support Providence. We have in the past. We will continue to do so in the future. So those discussions have, have recently started and I would characterize them as going along really well. I, I think, you know, I believe and I, I think the mayor would agree mm -hmm. that we have a lot to contribute to Providence in terms of our direct payments, but also in so many other ways. Right. And what I'm looking forward to is working with the mayor, people in the city and the state to build a stronger, more vibrant Providence in Rhode Island economically. Every mayor has felt that you have a lot to contribute and they have that eye on that big endowment that you have. Are they after some more cash? What, what did he ask you for? And then I'm going to ask you what, you, what you'd like from him. Well, I, 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 we're in the middle of good discussion, so I am not going to talk about what, what's on the table yeah. and what's being discussed. It wouldn't be appropriate. Can you do it in general terms or are they looking for uh, some Well, I mean, you heard the mayor, which is we've, we've made financial contributions in the mm -hmm. past and he would like to see them increase. Okay. And what would you like from the mayor? Now, there was talk up there of taking some of the streets and closing the streets yeah. so that you'd have more of a pedestrian mall. Mm -hmm. uh, is that still on the table? What would you like from Providence? We, we haven't gotten to the specifics of that part of the negotiation. I mean, what, what I like what I want broadly is I want a really good partner okay. because we're investing heavily in research. We're working hard to grow economic development, especially in the Jewelry District of Providence. Yeah. And I think we have a lot to contribute in ways that is going to make Providence stronger. Uh, you know, some examples, we're renovating some rented space uh, for labs, for our, 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 our faculty mm -hmm. and PIs right. and 225 Dyer. We're an anchor tenant in the Rhode Island Department of Health building. These are development projects that we can actually help spur and incentivize that are going to build the tax base in Providence and make it stronger economically. Well, just give me a, give me a wish list. I must be, what, what would you ask them? Would you more parking spaces and that's a perennial problem or help with security? What, what would be on the list if you had, had your drugs? I, I am not going to discuss what's on the list because we're in the middle of those negotiations. All right, well, get back to me when you when You, when you you're will ready. find out when they're done. By the yeah. way, your police officers at Brown have carry guns. They and do. And there's a great debate going on on whether they ought to carry them at Roger Williams and uh, CCRI. Mm -hmm. Rick and CCRI. CCRI. I've got to get my R's correct yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, there's a debate on whether they're going to arm those offices. What would you tell mm -hmm. the president's over there? It's worked for you. Well, it has worked. And that decision was made before I came in as president. Uh, and, you know, I think there are two, two parts to this. Mm -hmm. One is, if you do this, you have to do it really carefully. You have to have excellent training 
and really good collaboration with your local police departments, mm -hmm. right? You, you don't, you know, you, you have to do it right. And right. I think we're doing it pretty well at Brown. Uh, you know, the other side to it is we are better prepared than our local police department, as much as I respect them, to respond to emergencies on campus. Our, our police officers know the campus like the backs of their hands. Mm -hmm. And God forbid, if there's an active shooter, like there was in Michigan not so long ago, we need to have people who are there, ready to go, ready to respond within minutes. And to me, that's the most important issue, is yeah. keeping our campus safe. When I discussed this on the radio, I said, they have it at Brown. So if Brown can have it, well, you have to go through debate about everything. <laughs> uh, you, you have a vibrant and open debate about everything. We do. There's concern about oh, politically, political correctness, uh, minority uh, involvement in this. Mm -hmm. uh, you've settled all of that. It's not an issue for you anymore? Well, it comes up periodically. And, and I think there is constant concern about, you know, are we doing the right mm -hmm. training? And I think the answer is yes. Are we sensitive to issues of racial bias and harassment? I think the answer is yes, we are. But those are the questions that are always going to come up when someone is thinking about arming their police department. All right, let's talk about minority enrollment. Are you prepared for the Supreme Court possibly uh, overturning uh, affirmative action? That would be a big deal for you. It would be, and we've been, the answer is yes. We have been working very hard to prepare for a range of options. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know what the Supreme Court's going to say. They could say this is going to end in five years, which was when Sandra Day O'Connor thought that would be an appropriate time for affirmative action to end. Or they could live with the existing policy, or they could overturn completely. So given that there are so many different possibilities out there, what we're doing is a lot of scenario planning and saying, okay, what can we do to make sure that our applicant pool is as strong and diverse as it can possibly be, because you can't admit mm -hmm. students if they don't apply. And then what do we do to have an admissions process where we really get to know students and their backgrounds and everything they would bring to Brown? And then how do we improve yields so that when we admit students, the students we want to have come to Brown come to Brown? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things we can do. Exactly what we do will depend on exactly what the Supreme Court says. And we won't know that most likely until June. All right, let me ask you a prickly issue. How many uh, seats do you have at Brown, the freshman class? Is it 1,500? It's 1,700. 1,700. Yes. All right. Now, 17 uh, very coveted seats. Yes. Uh, and you could fill them with all the valedictorians if you want. We you could. don't because you want a class that's, well, what is the secret? You're looking for a class that's what? So we're looking for a class of students who are all really smart, really curious, bright, you know, intellectually want to explore. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we want to cover a lot of geographic diversity. We want students from all backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, et cetera, because we think that, and I really believe this, bringing together a bunch of students who are kind of all like each other, mm -hmm. that weakens the educational experience for everybody. You know, you want people to learn from each other. You want them to debate ideas. You want them to bring in differences. Right. That's part of their education. But given that it's such a such a, a small number of seats available, couldn't you fill that with absolutely talented, qualified minorities? Because you've got the cream of the crop to pick from. You, that affirmative action really isn't a factor. That any you know any minority student applying, they've got the goods because they're applying to Brown. Yeah. I mean, that, that's certainly true. Every student, we could fill the class multiple times with students who are very well qualified. Mm -hmm. 
I think the issue is the more we know about the student, the more we know about their background, we do what we call holistic admissions, which mm -hmm. means we look at the whole person, the better able we are to assemble a class that can, can really create the best learning environment possible. All right, 1,500 seats. If I said to you, they should be all filled with U.S. citizens and not international students and certainly not students from China because the FBI has identified China as a threat, you would say what? I would say that is a very short-sighted strategy. Tell me why. Because our international students are the people who, first of all, they know a lot about their countries. They're bringing that knowledge to Brown. They're going to have relationships with their countries of origin over the course of their lives, whether they return there or not. And if we want to establish great relationships with China and Ukraine and India and Mexico, it's good to have alumni who have come from those places and who are giving back to those places. Well, you've heard the criticism, though. Maybe it's only 1,500 seats. And Seven, you can get 1,700 seats. 1,700, <laughs> all right. 1,700, that's not a lot. Uh, and you've got the most talented U.S. students applying to that, U.S. citizens. Shouldn't every, every seat go to a, a U.S. student, a U.S. citizen? No, I, I actually don't think you that's don't think right. So. I, I think that it's, it's in the service of the community, the nation, and the world, which is Brown's mission statement to bring in students, talented students from all over the world. Uh, certainly the vast majority are U.S. citizens, mm -hmm. uh, but we, we're enriched by having a strong international group of students. And you know, I'll say, a lot of those students do stay in the United States, they become American citizens, and they're, they're leaders in their fields. You know, it's interesting, we have four relatively new deans at Brown, mm -hmm. medicine, engineering, public health and our school of professional studies. Every single one of those deans was born in another country. Now, it's often said that the international students, particularly from China, they will pay full boat. They'll pay the asking price of, of the tuition. Is that a factor? Uh, well, I mean, no. In fact, we're, we're in the process of becoming knee-blind for international students, which means we'll no. accept international students regardless of their economic circumstances. Right. China is a vast country. And it's actually not that wealthy a country. So the majority of students from China can't afford to go to Brown, just like the majority of students from India or many other countries mm -hmm. in the world couldn't afford to come to Brown. Uh, let me ask you this. Tuition at Brown is what now? Tuition is about $63,000. Does that include the room and board? No, that's just tuition. Room and board adds another about twenty. So we're up to 80 it, low 80s, yeah. Low 80s, and yeah. then you need money to walk around and go, yep. to, the, go to the ratty or something yep. like that. Well, All that's right. in there. Wow, yes. it's pushing $90,000. Mm, it, it not quite, but yes. 85, 80, well, I'll give you, <laughs> is that sustainable? So what, what I think people don't understand is how much financial aid is given to students who need it. So let yep. me tell you some statistics that I think shock most people when I tell them. If your family income is under $120,000, right. and you have normal assets, you're not like a millionaire with money in the bank, normal for that level of income, tuition is free at Brown. Yeah. Under 100, no tuition. Under 120. For families with incomes of under $60,000, the full cost of attendance, tuition, room, and board is free. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people focus on what we call the sticker price, yep. but so many students don't pay that sticker price. And that's one of the 
real advantages of, of, of going to a place like Brown. I don't want to uh, mischaracterize the full boat tuition. You said it. What, what is a fair number that you think it's going to be? 83? I think it's around 83. All right, 83. Now, a lot of parents tuition, borrow. Tuition, room, and board, full thing. Yeah. Okay, 83 yeah. all in. And by the way, the other universities get that. So it's mm -hmm. not like you're a lone wolf out there. It, it's, no. It, it's comparable to other things, which is a larger problem, paying the loans back. Mm -hmm. You know that, that Parent Plus program will loan people up to half a million dollars if they need it. Mm -hmm. And parents find themselves saddled with debt. And we know that kids are finding themselves saddled with debt. Mm -hmm. Are you in favor of loan forgiveness? Before I answer that question, let me just come back and tell you one thing about Brown that I didn't mention, yep. which was when we give people a financial aid package, we have removed loans from those packages and replaced them with grants. So students should be able to go through Brown without taking out loans. Now, some families decide to because they want to spread out their payment over time. Right. That's fine. But the average Brown student who graduates with loans has about $20,000 in loans, which is... You know, it's a lot of money, yeah. but it's a lot less than buying a new car. And uh, so, you you know, put it in context. Uh, loan forgiveness, I have a little bit of trouble with that, quite honestly. I worry that unless it's very finely targeted, mm -hmm. you're giving forgiveness to students who are in jobs where they can really afford to pay off the loans. I yeah. mean, it, it, higher education is a great investment over the course of a lifetime. I do worry about students who go to colleges that are not delivering what they promise. And a lot of the really big loan balances right. are for students who are going to for-profit colleges and universities that aren't a good investment. They're not yielding a high return. And for those students, um, we, need, we need to support those students and families better, really by educating right. them about what they're doing before they get into it. We just have about 30 seconds left. Uh, you'll come back next year, but tell me, what should I look forward to in the, in the meantime? What's going to happen the over meantime, this next year? Well, you know, by, the, by ne this time next year, we will know the Supreme Court decision yep, on affirmative action. That's going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I will be able to tell you all about our agreement, our wonderful agreement with the city. Okay. On, <laughs> Call on me finances. before that. Call me. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so I think, you know, we're doing a lot in terms of our investments in Providence, our right. relationship with Providence and the city, things I'm very excited about. So I hope I have more time to fill you in later. You will, absolutely. And come on my radio show, too. We'll have you. Okay. We'll open up the phone That's lines. People, I think people like to talk to you. Okay. Uh, Univers Brown University President Christina Paxson in with us again. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much much.